right center, Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back on top. Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. And this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you guys by DraftKings. Football fans, the moment you've all been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit the picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, and answer questions like, who will score last? And boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing, so use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, Terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Noah, how you doing, man? I'm good. Sorry, I, I, I kind of like, I make sure I mute my mic while you're doing these ad reads because they're so good. I don't oh. want to disturb them. Like, you know? Yeah, no, it's, you know, just, you know, I love, love doing the ad reads. <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, that I, we're able to, to do yeah, that. Yeah, viewers won't be able to see it, but I'm I'm testing out my new uh what did you call it? My uh Your my drive through my my drive through operator headset. Yeah, you got the new set headset. You do look like someone who works at a drive through. Uh great it's a great look. I love it. Uh just just all around great setup. Thank uh, you, thank you. Got you. Going I got, I got a sh- I got a shout out the job for this one. I so it didn't cost me anything, so I guess I can't complain. But not the ideal look I was going for. No, it's great. You know, it's it's. I think it's definitely you. Looks like you're recording in a kitchen right now, <laughs> by the looks of a table behind you. I mean, this is a good setup. Uh, this is my dining table. Um, like my kitchen's right here. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, pretty. I, I've got a pretty nice setup. I can't complain here. Can't complain about our Panthers either. Can't complain. Can't complain. I mean, again, still not many games played, but they just keep racking up the wins. Really not many games played. And I was looking at the league table. So like the the complete like standings for the entire league. Panthers could very well be in first. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just given the amount of games in hand they have. Um, and that's something you just love to see. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, a lot of people didn't think they'd be in that sort of position or get off to this kind of start. 
you know, because, you know, obviously losing Dadnov, losing Hoffman. Uh, but those people clearly do not understand that Carter Verhey might be better than both those guys. Still early. I mean, I'm going to give him a spot in the fictional All-Star game this season. 100%. He's already got my vote. Oh, yeah, definitely got our votes. I mean, yeah, the Panthers keep cooking. And it's it, like looking at the standings around, super weird because so many teams have played very little games. And so many teams are getting added to that list of COVID-riddled teams that won't be able to um, to play for what I think. So Minnesota went on the list today, and they're they're out at least five days. Yeah, it's like it's getting to a point now where it's like it's getting a bit concerning with the amount of games and the amount of teams that have had big outbreaks. Right, and what's what's even more concerning is yes, it was a bubble, but the NWHL today announced that they were suspending the Lake Placid event because of COVID. Yeah, which is just really unfortunate for uh, a league that was really making a lot of progress. Like the event, uh, like the bubble was great. The games, the viewership was great on Twitch. Uh, so it was gaining a lot of positive attention, uh, I, I thought. And just, yeah, to have to, have to kind of shut things down right now and suspend the season is, is just unfortunate, really. It really is. Um, and they were obviously getting, I mean, I wouldn't, maybe not a ton, but they were getting a significant amount of ex- exposure. Oh, absolutely. Like, it, it was good. Um, the, a, little, a little controversial at times, but um, not, nothing too harmful for, for the league, I don't think. Um, but it's just, it's unfortunate. And if, if they couldn't hold an event in upstate New York. I think Lake Placid is like maybe a population of 4,000. No clue. Like, like not a, it's not a big place. Uh, probably more than 4,000. I actually, I don't know how I came up with that number. Um, yeah, definitely more. Um, if they couldn't do that in a bubble environment in Lake Placid, what, what what are what are we saying for for the NHL? Like, are is this a legitimate concern that we might not be able to get through the entire season? Well, I had heard I had heard with the NWHL like there were some issues with their bubble and maybe not being like a completely shut off bubble. So I think that's why you're seeing uh, it not be as effective as what the NBA and NHL had in their return to plays. Right, um, and actually, I just I just looked it up to clarify. I was on the right track. 2,300 people. Wow. That's a small town. Yeah, very small. So it's, yeah, it's it's really unfortunate for, for that league, uh, especially today too. Like it's a women, National Women in Sports Day, um, you know, which is obviously fantastic. And there are so many great role models out there for people. And just to have that news come on this day, it, it sucks. It, it really does. Um... Like, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's for the best reasons, right? Um, it's, it's, the, it's the right decision to do, and I think that speaks volumes at the same time, but definitely not a very timely announcement given what was going on today. Yeah, not, not timely, but I think, yeah, with the amount of, the amount of issues that they've had, I think it is the, the, the right decision. Uh, to, to make to, to kind of shut things down and kind of go back to the drawing board and see what 
you can do if you can salvage the, the tournament or not. Um, and then, yeah, what we've seen in the NHL, like I, based on what we saw with like the MLB and the NFL, like I anticipated there were going to be, this stuff was going to come up, but I didn't think it was going to be as prominent as been like, and how pervasive it's been and how it's influenced the schedule. I didn't think it was going to be uh, quite as much as what we've seen. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely. I saw, I think, uh, which is the, the guy that, the journalist that covers the athletic for Minnesota, Michael Russo, right? Yeah. Uh, he tweeted out basically half the team has COVID. Yeah. And what we saw, you, like we saw the list from the Devils too. That was like 14 players. Okay. But I wouldn't expect anything less from the Devils. Very Devils move. <laughs> it's a very Devils thing. Um, obviously it's a huge amount of players and realistically you would definitely not expect or hope that that many players on a team, but I mean, devils are the devils and they will keep doing New Jersey devils things. Um, it's, it's gotta be concerning, but I, how many, like the Canadian division is the only division that's still unaffected. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so. I mean, like, obviously there was the, the Panthers division. It's been a nightmare, obviously. New, with, Jer- uh, New Jersey, Buffalo, now Minnesota and Minnesota. So, yeah, Canadian division remains the only untouched schedule. Yeah, which is great for that division. And it just it just makes it look like you look at the stats, you look at the standings and it's just all over the place. It, it really is. Right, but I think it kind of it, – it almost creates, like, a sense of excitement, too, where it's, like – let's say we're, like – like, let, let's just go to the Canadian division, for example, right? Like, you, you look at the standings right now, and you're, like, okay, like, Ottawa's, like, done. Like, their season's over, right? They have three points in so 10 years. Done. Right? So like, done. It, it's, it's over. I, I saw a tweet – um, I, I saw a tweet from Mark Dumont, the, the guy, he, he used to cover the, the Habs for the athletic, but now he works for, uh, the Habs as a in, independent, uh, writer or whatever. Uh, he said there, there should be a separate column in the standings for, um, OGR Ottawa games remaining. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> I thought that was pr- pretty comical. Um, it's. They're they're really bad, and and the coaching there, what's going on? Oh yeah, it's, it's like so have, many so many question marks. Yeah, like hopefully we'll get you know our you know good good friend of the show Jacob Barker on who's a Sens fan, because uh, I'm sure he's got some very strong opinions what's going on there. But yeah, it kind of creates this mystery where it's like okay, right now like the Panthers are like technically third in the division, but then you look at the games played and it's like. Like Tampa's technically first, but they played two more games. Dallas has only played seven. Uh, so it's just, I think it kind of gives teams like hope, like even Nashville, like Nashville's played nine games. They're seventh in the Discover Central division, right? So they could be out of it. But then again, those games in hand that they have on Chicago and Columbus kind of keeps them in it. So it, it, it complicates things, but I think it also, uh, it, I think it'll build excitement as the season goes on. It definitely will. Um, I I think there's already been a significant level of excitement just because of the condensed schedule. And you're looking at this and like some teams have 
already played more than a sixth of their season. Yeah, like it's it, it's going by quickly mm-hmm. for sure, and which is fantastic. I mean, the games are on all the time, uh, so there's always something to watch. Uh, and we're going to get, you know, with all the delays the Panthers have had only playing six games, like there's going to be, you know, a packed schedule where they're just rattling off games. And it's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch. It, it definitely will be. I, the, the, the only thing, the, the big concern at this point has to be, well, we're postponing more and more games. We're delaying more and more. How much is that going to add to the 116 days we had planned for at the beginning of the season? How many more days are we going to like have to use up? And w- the NHL fully knew that this was going to happen at the beginning of the season. Like, yeah, like they, they if they didn't, in a if, buffer for sure. Exactly. If they didn't, like, there's a lot of cause for concern, probably bigger concern than um, than COVID, just because you you wonder about the the intelligence at the league level if they didn't plan for this but the nhl can't go past a certain date in july yeah they, like, it's, uh, i like, think it's like july 20th something like that yeah like i think but, like they, they have a big enough window that like exactly it, it exactly and but, it, it, but at what point is it too much exactly and we we won't know that and hopefully we won't have to know that but it's got to be a concern if 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 you're if you're looking at this and more and more teams are getting COVID. How how long can we push back before? Wait, maybe we're gonna have to. Maybe it's gonna affect the length of playoff series. Maybe it's going to, you know, like affect how many teams make it into the playoffs. Maybe it's gonna affect whether we even play the playoffs in the first place. Obviously, those are very like far-reaching assumptions that I never think are going to happen. But as you said, at what point does that, do we begin talking about that? Yeah. Like I'm sure like for sure, like unless every team had COVID, like there's no chance they cancel the season. That's no. like off the table. No. Cause they just can't afford to, to lose that kind of revenue. They're already losing it. They're always losing it. Yeah. yeah. It's already gone. The, so. the only way they could lose more money than they are now is play half a season. Exactly. So it, I think that's off the table as an option, but then it's, yeah, you're talking about you push back, you push back, and then you have to shorten playoff series. Like what's, and I'm, I, I would hope they've thought of this. I assume they have. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You, you would hope, <laughs> um, but it's just, yeah, it, it's kind of a mess right now uh, from that standpoint, but in terms of like the on ice product, like the, the games have been fantastic. Uh Panthers just racking up the wins. They got a the series coming up against Nashville. I know you're hopping on the Nashville podcast tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, going to record a quick segment for with them just about what to expect from the Panthers. Um, uh, I if if I'm the Predators, I'd expect 60 minutes of hell because the <laughs> Panthers are going to be buzzing. Exactly. Um, listen, I it's. We from I think from the get go, have been very low on Nashville. Realistically, compared at least especially compared to the other podcasts on the network. Um, I I haven't. Have you gotten to watch Nashville yet this season? Yeah, I've watched them a bunch. Like for me, it's not. It's no different than playing Columbus. 
I look at oh, Columbus. I, think I, I, I actually think it's a lot different than playing Columbus. But I look at them as being similarly, similarly like ranked teams. I'm not saying like the play style you're going to play against them because that's obviously going to be very different. I'm just talking about the level of difficulty overall. I think I look at very similarly to playing Columbus. Yeah, the thing for me um, is like Nashville is just like one of those teams and they've been like this pretty much ever since their run into the finals. They've always just been a team where it's like on paper, they look great and then they just don't meet that expectation in the regular season or the playoffs. And you like, you, you just kind of question it. And at this point, you know, we kind of thought before the season, like, like I'm not getting on the Nashville hype train because they're going to disappoint. Right. Like they, right. like they've done the last couple of years. Um, a lot of other people still just seem, seem to be on it. Um, but I don't know. I think, I do think it, it, it's a bit different than playing Columbus because Columbus's team, that's like, they don't have that much skill, but they're just going to work hard and play structure. Nashville's exactly. a team where it's like, they, they can they, rely on skill. They can rely on skill, but they're not going to have that structure. You're going to get good chances against Nashville, I think. Like, uh, that's the other thing, too, is I think a lot of people really overvalue that defensive group. Right. And I think that's just because historically they've had great defense come out of Nashville. Right. Like, people still remember when they had, you know, Subban or Webb or Suter, right? All these guys that are, you know, really good defensemen. But that's not what their defense is anymore. Like, it's not the, like in their prime, like Nashville had the best defense in the league. And everyone was like, yeah, for sure. But now it's, it's no like, doubt. Yeah, but now it's like obviously you have you know one of the best defensemen in Roman Yossi, a really good defenseman in Ryan Ellis and Matthias Ekholm, who's also an excellent defenseman. But when those guys aren't on the ice, it's Matt Benning, it's Mark Gorbietsky, and it's Dante Fabro. Dante Fabro, right? And so that's not great. It really, really isn't. It's, it's a great point. Um, yeah, I mean, they have Ben Harper on the roster. Yeah, like who? Exactly. Exactly. I think um, a lot of people probably aren't even familiar with that name. No. And, and you the, can't the blame only, them. The only reason I know Ben Harper is because his time in Ottawa. Yeah, and because That's, Jacob Barker never stops talking about the Senators. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and their power play too. I don't understand how their power play is not so much better. So we we've talked about this. I and I remember talking about it when we were doing our um, our rankings. Is they have all this like potential, all this talent, but nothing really ever comes of it. No, uh, and it, especially offensively. Like you, you look at a guy like Matt Duchesne. Like he should be like. Your leading goal scorer. He should be killing it every night. Yeah, like I think what you've just like the last like three years just seen a ton of regression from a lot of guys. Uh like Ryan Johansson hasn't, you know, he, he's far away from what he was a few years ago. Uh Victor Arvidsson, really good player, but I don't think he ever he never really took another step. Right. And he's had a lot of injuries. Philip no, Forsberg. I, I wouldn't think of uh, I wouldn't think of him as uh, Arvidsson as being that guy. I just see him as a depth piece on a regular team, a I, I second see, I, second line player. I see I, I see him as a, like a, still a really good player, but a player who's for sure hit his ceiling. 
Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, he can be a 20, 30 goal guy and a 50, 60 point guy. Right. But is he going to do it? And then, yeah, you just look around like Matt Duchesne in Nashville hasn't been really much. Uh, it's just, it's a weird team. Yeah. And they've obviously made coaching changes and that's not it. No, it just, I, I don't know what it is. Their power. Pl- yeah. It's just, it's all over. There, there's the place. something in the water in Nashville, Tennessee. It just sucks the, the offensive potential out of their star forwards. It, it's really bizarre to me because it's not like these guys are like super old and you do expecting them to fall off a cliff. They're just kind of like mid to late twenties guys. And for whatever reason, it just isn't working down there anymore. And, you know, I think that's great news for, for the Panthers who finally seem like a team that is actually like, you know, the Panthers were kind of very similar for a lot of years where they'd make a bunch of moves in free agency in the off season and, you know, people would get super excited. Like we'd get excited uh, about the changes that they make. And then they'd come in they play and they'd start losing to Boston and they'd lose to Tampa and they'd lose to Toronto. And then, you know, they just never really met expectations. This is a year where the expectations are kind of lowered for the Panthers and they're far exceeding them. They, they really are. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at this Nick cousins has more points than Matt Duchesne so far this season in nine games. Yeah, which is absurd. Hey, w- w- what's going on? Duchesne doesn't even have a goal. Um, no goal. Wow. Like, you have to be so worried if you're Nashville, in my opinion, and I don't get why m- more people aren't worried. No, I, it's – yeah, and it's it, it's it's a tough spot. It's a t- We knew it was a tough – it was going to be like a tough division uh, with the way it, it, it aligned. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure really what Nashville is at this point, like where do they, where they go next? Do they kind of retool and still try to go for it? Do they need to rebuild? I'm not sure what, uh, is going to happen there, but for the time being like they're to me, they're just a very average hockey team. Yeah. And to, to me, like right now, it feels like you're kind of that in, in that in between and You've got a like an elite goaltending prospect coming up, right? Elite. Like Yaroslav Askarov is going to be a starting goalie in the NHL without a doubt. When that is, that's another story. Just there's so many other variables. But f- for me, that second year, he's going to be the full time starter in Nashville is when you should have a strong team out on the ice. And you, that, 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 that's purely my opinion and where they should go with their cycle. Well, it's like, look at but, Tampa. But it makes, and, that, that's clearly not what they're doing right now. Clearly not. No. And I mean, yeah, like look at Tampa. Like when they had Andre Vasilevsky, like Andre Vasilevsky has never played on a bad NHL team. Right. Like he was brought in and he's obviously been excellent, but he's had an excellent team around him the entire time, too. And I think that's what you want to do with your goalie prospects. Hopefully that's what the Panthers can do with Spencer Knight or Devin Levi. 
who is currently who is currently you know dealing with his broken ribs yeah you know when when Bobrovsky gets claimed by Seattle there's going to be a lot of decisions to be made oh yeah I mean (laughs) it's the healthy goaltending competition that we always love to talk about exactly it's it's going to be fantastic um that's the other thing too, though. I just want to talk real quick about the Panthers. I feel like they're still not getting enough respect around the league. They're not. They're, I, they're it's, not. It's, it's just ridiculous. Like I get yeah. it. I get it's not like a you know it's not your traditional hockey market. Whatever, right? I get they you know they haven't played a ton of games, but they're five zero and one, and they look pretty good. The new players they bought bought in uh, brought in have been excellent. Um. Their goaltending's been decent from Drieger and Bobrovsky. And no one seems to care outside of Florida. I I literally like never heard I haven't heard anyone talk about Florida so far this season among the like TV networks. No, you never hear about no that. Respect. You never hear no about them on Sportsnet, TSN, uh, NBC never never talks about them unless they're covering them for a, a nationally broadcast game. Yeah. Like I have all my roommates that I live with. They obviously know I do this podcast and, you know, I'm a big Panthers fan. And they'll be like, how are the Panthers doing this year? It's like, man, they're, they're doing, doing fantastic. pretty good. How, how is no one else? Like even pan- no one seems to care. <laughs> Everyone's just full focused on their own teams. I guess that. Yeah. Panthers just sneaking up out of nowhere. Yeah, it really just – it's frustrating, but at the same time – You kind of like it. You kind of like it because there's no pressure. And no, I, I, can, I can get why someone would like a, a player – like Anthony Duclair clearly listened to our podcast because he, he ended up in Florida. But it's so easy to see how, as a player, you could love playing in Florida. Yeah, especially I think like as a player who's like, like when you when you play for the Montreal Canadiens, you're in Montreal, you're gonna get recognized everywhere, right? Yeah, no, and, it's... and and that's nice, but at a certain point, I think you might miss your anonymity and just being able to like go out and have a drink somewhere, right? And I think yeah, you definitely would, and I would be now shocked. obviously you know I would be shocked if anybody anybody on the Panthers would get recognized on the street, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they get recognized by, you know, people every now and again, but it's not to the same degree of, like, if you, if you are, like, if you were Johnny Gaudreau in Calgary, you walk outside and everyone knows exactly who you are. Exactly. And I know that because I live in Calgary l- and I've seen Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> you, you kind of, you, you get that level of fandom and... Like at the same time, I could see a certain merit to it. It's kind of—I I assume it'd be kind of cool to be famous, but just the the lack of pressure must be fairly nice. Yeah, and then from the fans' perspective, like you know, us as like Florida Panthers fans, I feel like because the Florida Panther fan base gets chirped a lot, yeah. right? And like, like when remember they announced like they were gonna have limited fans in the stadiums, and it was like you already knew that the pictures were gonna be coming in, and all the people saying, "Oh, just like every other Panthers game, yeah. empty seats." And it's like, that's not like, it's just such an easy like layup joke. Like it's not even funny. Like why make it right? 
and but I think people just mistake like the size of your fan base versus like the passion. Like there's some pa- like there's a lot of really passionate Florida Panthers fans out there. And I think a part like if you've ever been I went to Panthers games. I went to two games a couple years ago. And the one game was versus Montreal and it was all people from Quebec, you know, in the arena, right? It was a lot of Habs fans. Same and thing with was, Toronto. Yeah, and it was great because obviously the Panthers, they, you know, they dubbed as they that, do. That was, the, that, was the, that was the game. I think that was a 6-3 win by the Panthers. And, yeah. and Barkov scored between his legs. Um, his legs, right? Oh, yeah, I was right behind the net for that one. Fantastic. But so there was that. It was a great game. Right, but yeah, well, these like Habs fans versus the next game we went to was versus Washington, and the, you know, there weren't a ton of Capitals fans there. And you just it's a, it's a really enjoyable feeling, like uh, enjoyable experience when you have you know really passionate, you know, hockey fans. And yeah, it's not it, it, there are less people in the stands for sure than versus Montreal. Um, but I think it's a better experience because everyone's there is cheering for the same team, exactly. Right. And I think one of the really great things about being a, a Panthers fan is that, you know, everyone, it, it's kind of like that us versus everyone else mentality. And that like, especially right now with the Panthers being as good as they are to start this season, it's kind of like, yeah, we've been fans for a while. Right. And it's once the team finally starts to get more respect around the league, uh, I think then it's you're, you're going to kind of see, um, see it all pay off. Uh, yeah, and honestly, just the value associated with being a Panthers fan, like there are so many things that you can truly appreciate it, appreciate that other fans can't. Like, if you're a Panthers fan and you go to a Panthers game, you can actually do so and still remain financially comfortable. Yeah, I, all, all, our, all our friends here that are all Leafs fans, the only time they ever see the Leafs is in Buffalo, and it's still more expensive than a Panthers game would be. Exactly, and I'm because uh, I, I have the I have the website up, and I, you know, and they they always do the commercials during the games. They have like Truly Tuesdays where you can get a five dollar seltzer. Uh, they have um, Thursdays beer night. I don't know what the catchy name for that is. Five dollar beers, like that's a that's a privilege that you cannot get in any other NHL arena. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, I, I don't know what the situation is in the other smaller markets like Arizona. Um, I don't, I don't know what that's like, but I mean, you could get a hell of a lot of beers in sunrise for the price of one in Toronto. Yeah. Like I think considering the exchange rate, like, I think if I was, like, a Leafs fan, let's say, which I would never be, obviously, because that would be terrible. I, but, like, yeah, I would yeah. feel, like, very neglected by that franchise as a fan where it's, like, I, they've priced me out of the arena. And let's say by some miracle I can go, well, then, you know, the drinks are, like, 20 bucks. My seat is a million feet away. Everyone else in, you know, in the, the lower bowl, they're all in suits. And it's quiet and there's no stuff set up. And it's just, like, great, I got to watch my team. But the, the team's not really going out and showing the fans how much they appreciate them. When you go to a team like Florida, where it is that smaller market, and they, they actually have to try for their fans, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And, and they, they do so very well. Right. Like, the, the, the activities they put up 
in front of the stadium before the game. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, like if you wonder why I'm a Panthers fan, it's because when, you know, I'm back home and I'm living in Calgary, I go to a Flames game, it's minus 20 or out, right? Which I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, but it's freaking cold. I think minus 20 is... Quick math. Like minus one or like around zero? Yeah, so like great. It's cold. I go there. It's an old building. Whatever. I go watch my game. It's fine. There's not much. It's still a good experience. But then you go to a game in Florida and it's, yeah, they got the stuff set up outside. They got the cheerleaders. They got air hockey tails. They got mini sticks. And as a young kid, a young kid who likes hockey, that's a way better experience. Right? Like I actually feel like, like it's just, it's more enjoyable. And I feel like the team actually cares about the fans. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's definitely, just, it feels like a nice, like close knit, like small community. Right. Like when someone's like, oh, I'm a Leafs fan. It's like, great. So you're like 4 million other people in this province. Fantastic. Right. Like that's not, you know, it is, it is, you know, great for you, obviously. And I'm sure they have, you know, reasons for being Leafs fans, but there's just something about being the fan of a team that's smaller market doesn't get any respect that is just there's just something fun about that you know they're they're really and there's something is. enjoyable like when this panthers team goes on to win the 2021 stanley cup and we'll be sitting here and we'll be like yeah we've been you know day one fans <laughs> uh unfortunately we weren't born for day one but no we missed it but that's okay close close enough yeah so it's I don't know. And, and yeah, right now it's just, it seems like things are going well with the team and hopefully they continue to improve as the season goes on and hopefully pick up two big wins against Nashville, which, you know, I assume they can and, you know, make sure to let those guys know on the podcast tomorrow. I will. I you will. Know, for those of you listening, Noah's like widely, you know, in our, in our friend group, Noah's widely known for being the guy who chirps everyone all the time. Uh, no, I'm not. I, I really am not. I don't even think I tripped anyone in intramural hockey. I've played intramural hockey with this guy. He is always yapping from the bench. And so that's kind of his reputation. So I expect to hear that on the podcast, <sighs> with the guys tomorrow. I will be listening to that episode. So I expect big things and some excellent chirps from you. And uh, I mean, no doubt you're going to deliver. I mean, you don't do much chirping on this podcast, except at Buffalo Sabres and their fans and their team. I didn't realize we were bringing the Buffalo Sabres Sabres into the conversation. I didn't get my material ready or anything. Yeah. I don't know. At a certain point, like the Buffalo Sabres, like making jokes at them. It's kind of just like- It's too easy. It's like kicking someone while they're down. Yeah. Like that's just- it just feels mean at this point it really does you know and i mean right now i'm just checking out the standings and they are chilling i think they're in a playoff spot are they no six no no terrible no no no. 500 though (laughs) 500 (laughs) i think new jersey's above them i think they're they're above uh both new york teams right the entire the the last three teams in that division are the entire state of new york yeah great looks great looks yeah great looks for them i mean at least for new jersey obviously they have all you know these covid cases right now so they're not playing but at least like jack jack hughes has fantastic this year for them good for him yeah uh, i wish we could say them as much about i haven't really 
gotten to watch that many Rangers games just because they're all they're all blacked out here. But I mean, I, I don't see the improvement in um, Hughes's game. I don't see that in Kako's game. Yeah, like I think we saw flashes at Kako in the bubble. And then I think the expectation was he would build on that. I don't – again, I haven't watched the Rangers much either, so I don't know if he's necessarily done that. When I have watched the Rangers, though, I will tell you, Condre Miller looks fantastic. He, he really does. And I – huge Adam Fox fan. I think I think he's great. Um, they, they have a lot of hope for the future. But, yeah, yeah. and now Tony D'Angelo is gone. So I, I think they can only go up. Yeah, and just on that Tony D'Angelo situation, like we talked about it last time with the, you know, all the reports of whatever the incident. Um, but then there was the reports yesterday that there was, you know, some interest in Tony D'Angelo from around the league. I think he'll get traded. I mean, I I don't see his off-ice antics as being as bad as uh, who, who, who got kicked out of the league earlier this year last year brandon leipzig so there's brandon leipzig and then i mean i guess to a lesser extent brendan manning brandon manning was out yeah but you know it's yes he has political views and he's not he's obviously not a bright guy but i think that there's he he basically averages half a point per game yeah, I, don't I think, think there's, I, I think I don't there's think... demand for that around the league. And at this point, if you're any other team, you are getting an excellent bargain. Yeah, and I just think the concern for any team is we obviously know what he's going to do on the ice, and obviously his defensive play has been brutal this ice, year. Yeah. Right? right. You know what you're going to get with Tony Angelo? Just an all-offensive defenseman who's going to be brutal in his own zone, right? And obviously there's a lot of players like that in the league. Like that's a very – their teams like having a guy like that they're in demand but this is off ice stuff does all the animosity between him and his teammates you know if that happens to you and your team it's probably going to hurt you more than his on ice impact is going to help you yeah and at this point if you do if you do go get him is you know that that's a possibility and you kind of look like an idiot if that happens again yeah you look like it like it's a i think it's a big risk for a team to go and make a move for Tony D'Angelo because you're going to get a ton of backlash uh, from, from a lot of, a lot of sports fans. And, you know, if, if you're a team that you're bringing them in to help put you over the edge, you know, is he even going to help you? And, that, if, that, and that's it, the question. Yeah. And if, you know, he settles in and things are good in the locker room, whatever, he, you know, and, and things work out that way, then yeah, he probably will have a positive impact. But if he doesn't and he creates issues in the locker room like there was in New York, then you're sewered. Right. And obviously nobody could pick him up off waivers just because of the salary cap. Yeah. I mean, in this economy, <laughs> no chance. No way. Um, yeah. Uh, let's just say I'd be very, very content with him playing the rest of his hockey career in the KHL. Yeah, I mean, if, if I were running an NHL team, and obviously I'm not, but if we, I think if we were both in that position, I think we would probably pass on Tony D'Angelo. It would definitely have to be a pass. The offer would have to be 
literally irresistible for me to take him on my team. Yeah, unless like the play is like they're going to eat salary and send him to me and they're going to throw in a pick and then I can just bury him. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll take the pick. Like if, if you can come out of that transaction with more cap than you had before and a pick, just put Tony D'Angelo on your AHL team. Yeah, if you can afford, like, if you're, you know, a team that can afford to do that, then like, the point is, you'd be paying less than what 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 you are right now. I mean, even if he was playing in the AHL and not garnering garnering any money, it's only a couple more years. Yeah, so if they think, yeah, if they're gonna pay you to take Tony off their hands, it, and you can just bury him no. and not play him, and it's like, I get it because like New York can't terminate his contract, right? So he's going to get his money either way. So why not just, you know, if you, if you can benefit from that situation as a team, then yeah, I think you do it. But other than that, I mean, no chance. No, no chance. And definitely not. Yeah. And it's, it'll be interesting. I, I'm going to make a prediction right now. I'm going to say by the time we record our next episode, Tony D'Angelo will be traded. I mean, if you're the Rangers, you hope so. Yeah. And based on how this podcast usually goes, it'll probably be immediately after we record. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 9.04 now. If, we, if we're done at 9.10, it'll happen at 9.12. For sure. Always happens to us. Absolutely devastating. I can just feel like I, I just know Pierre Lebrun's about to tweet it out. Yeah, Yo, you're going with Pierre? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Elliot Friedman gets this one. I'm gonna say he breaks it. I don't know. I don't know. We always used to do that on like a on NHL like a trade deadline day. We always like <laughs> in our house. We'd always like make our predictions on who goes where, who, right? Who gets traded? Mm-hmm. But then we'd have like a running tally of uh, which which reporter can break the most trades. Yeah. And and last year. I think I think Friedman had a last year. And then I think the year before it was obviously, you know, Bob McKenzie in right. the mix. Oh, good old days. Good old days. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, man, it's uh it's gonna be a fun season. Like we're one fifth of the way through basically. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh lots of good times ahead. Hopefully the Panthers can keep on cooking. Yeah, hopefully they can catch. Two I, I I have faith. I have faith in them. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like I'm I'm optimistic, but I've also been optimistic in the past and been burned by it. You know, with this that team and true. with other teams. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But uh, yeah, cautiously optimistic at this time, I'd say. Yep, cautiously no optimistic. I like that. Yeah. Either way, it'll be lots to talk on our talk about on our next episode of the podcast uh i believe you're not going to be on next i don't think i don't think i'm going to be able to make next episode but i think we'll we'll try and get jacob barker to fill in for me maybe talk a little bit about his senators yeah he seems like he needs a nice a nice platform where he can vent yeah 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 Yeah, i'll let it all out and he and he got a good uh good up gig in um with dauber i think he's now covering the sentence so yeah, that's that's gonna be good content for you. Yeah, so hopefully we can get him on. 
Uh, but we will miss you next episode. But then you'll right. hopefully back for the one after. I'll, I'll be back for the one after. I mean, honestly, if we if if the season is any indicator, I probably won't miss any games because Nashville is going to get COVID. Probably. I mean, perfect. If that happens, though, we're just going to have to start talking. I, I we're going to have to bring. We're going to have to bring back the movie discussions that we had during the summer. I was thinking we'd, we'd tell our, our, our favorite stories from playing minor hockey. Oh, I've got a few good ones. I know you had some good ones. About I know you, you, you know, definitely have a, some very good ones. Yeah, all my good ones don't make me seem like a dirty player. Because <laughs> I wonder suspen- why. Maybe it's... <laughs> I, I, I don't know what that's all about. We both have suspension stories, so we'll, we'll, definitely, t- we'll, we'll definitely bring those up. Oh, yeah, lots of suspension stories. Just a couple of goons. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess we'll just, I guess that's what we'll have to resort to. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, that uh I guess that does it for this episode of podcast, unless you have anything else to add. No, I'm good. All right, we're chilling. All right. Well, yeah, we'll be back uh I guess on uh on Monday, hopefully with Jacob Barker, uh for a brand new episode talking about his sends and our Panthers and a bunch of other stuff probably and it should be a good time so thank you to everyone tuning in and we'll be back uh on monday Panthers are back.